It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blue's Disney On Demand, and this week for show number 165, for the week of February 16th, 2017, with Valentine's Day just passing, the hearts and love is still in the air, and we're going to go to that love bug that we all love here at the show. Yes, I'm talking about Herbie, and we're going to go bananas for Herbie, as we're welcoming none other than Joaquin Garay III here to the show. Now, Joaquin, who you may know, played Paco in Herbie Goes Bananas, the 1980s live action classic with everybody's favorite love bug and Joaquin's going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things what it was like being part of this franchise with Herbie Films playing Paco in the film and of course being the son of Joaquin Garay the original voice of Panchito from the Three Caballeros he's going to relive many of those memories what it was like working with Herbie on set does he still love Herbie today and what is it like being a second generation Disney actor within the family in addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. And with love in the air, we love the D-Team. And you have the questions, he has the answers, and Aaron's going to answer all those questions, and I want to know. We have Cody, who's taking a stroll down this week's Hollywood Walk with a little bit more about our very special guest, Joaquin Garay III. We also have the latest Disney short leash. Yes, who let the dogs out? With this week's tips and tricks to make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation with Dominic. With the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW and 2, and that magical music for your ears with Paige with the Magical Music Review. And let's not forget going deep into the vault with another Blu-ray and DVD. You have to add your collection with Jason going deep into the vault. We have all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire from the Disney Channel, Walt Disney Company, Disney Springs, Marvel, Star Wars, American Girl, Radio Disney Music Awards, and all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire this week. So before I jump into this week's show, we keep the love in the air. I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Mickey's Travel. And Mickey Travel is 100% free, no fee agency. They've been in business since 1994. They're going to help you plan, book, and prepare and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have. From dining reservations, character interactions, booking your resort, tickets, and making the most magical experience that you could possibly have for your Walt Disney World trip. So definitely check them out. Mickey'sTravel.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, it is time to kick into this week's show, show number 165, for the week of February 16th, 2017, and let's keep the love, let's keep the affection, let's keep the hearts going, because you always have a friend in Herbie. Be right back, all of you D-heads, and let's officially kick off this week's show. Friendship, a friend. Say 
south of the border, the hard way, in Disney's all-new Herbie Goes Bananas. It's Herbie with all-new styling. I've never seen anything like it. All-new performance. <laughs> Running circles around the competition. Taking on a gang of gold thieves. 700 miles on a banana boat with wheels. I think he's trying to chew it off. Get him! They're taking the gold! Cloris Leachman. I think he wants to tell us something. It's a car woman, not Lassie. Harvey Corman. And Disney's top banana, Herbie. A car that drives everyone bananas. Herbie goes bananas. Hi, this is Joaquin Gray III from Herbie Goes Bananas, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Okay, can I just say something crazy? <laughs> I love crazy. All my life has been a series of doors in my face. And then suddenly... I was thinking the same thing Cause like I've been searching my whole life To find my own place Maybe it's the party talking <laughs> Or the chocolate fondue But with you But with you I found my place And it's nothing like I've ever known before Love is an open door Love is an open
Listening to Disney on Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Carrie only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney on Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig, you know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. Alright, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 165 for the week of February 16th, 2017, as we're gearing up to continue on with Valentine's Day love being in the air with the love bug, as we have none other than Paco from Herbie Goes Bananas, Joaquin Garay III, stopping in here very shortly. He's going to talk about a variety of different things, working with Herbie, his father, who is the original voice of Panchito from the Three Caballeros, and so much more. We have tons coming from the D-team with Aaron, Paige, Caitlin, Dominic, Cody, and Jason stopping at their signature segments and all kinds of news hot off the D-wire. So as we continue on with the love in the air and all the great things going on here this week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media networks on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique magical quirky little show and remember if you just can't wait and you need the magic right away in your ears as soon as it gets released it's super easy all you got to do is go to itunes or stitcher radio and subscribe right there and get the latest shows as they get released for your iphone your android your tablet and more to listen to immediately as soon as they get released and have the magic in your ears and remember if i'm talking too fast and you can't remember any of this just go to dizradio.com dizradio.com and there you can find everything there as well now, I'm sorry if my voice is sounding a little hoarse here this week, all of you D-heads. I'm battling a little bit of a sore throat from so much talking with Pinewood Derbies and birthdays and so many different things, so I am pushing through that. But let's jump into news hot off the D-wire, and how about the world premiere studio recording of Disney's Freaky Friday, the all-new musical. Now, the world premiere studio recording of Disney's Freaky Friday, the new musical based on the beloved novel by Mary Rogers, and the two hit Disney films is being released digitally this last week. Now, the album is available wherever digital music is sold and streamed at disneymusic.co. Now, physical CDs will be available beginning March 17th, 
and can be pre-ordered at DisneyMusic.com. Now featuring a book by Bridget Carpenter and the score by Pulitzer Prize and Tony Award winning team of Tom Kidd and Brian Yorkie, the creators of many Broadway musicals, they brought Freaky Friday to life. Now BuzzFeed named the show one of the best musicals of 2016, raving that Freaky Friday captures the best of great Disney musicals, the catchy, surprisingly deep score by Tom Kitt, as well as it being their best work since Next to Normal. Now, the Washington Post has also called the show a polished, peppy, modern fairy tale with an up-to-the-minute pop culture relevance. Now, the entire studio cast recording was recorded in Manhattan at the Demina Center for Classic Music in December of 2016. Now, this is based off of the novel both Disney movies, and more. And I'm not going to go into too much about it. Now, Freaky Friday was developed by Disney Theatrical Productions expressly for licensing with Musical Theater International. Now, it is getting released on March 17th as a physical CD. You can currently see it on Broadway as well, Freaky Friday. And you can now download digitally the Freaky Friday cast recording. Now, since we are talking about Broadway and musicals and classic Disney things, how about Beauty and the Beast? to become a brand new stage spectacular aboard the Disney Cruise Line. Now, a tale as old as time is getting ready to take the stage with Beauty and the Beast, a brand new musical production inspired by Disney's live-action adaptation of the animated classic. Now, the show will expand upon the most imaginative elements of highly anticipated live-action and classic films to delight Disney Cruise Line guests aboard the Disney Dream beginning this November of 2017. Now, audiences will once again fall in love with the enchanting fairy tale as they embark on a sweeping journey to discover the power and transformation through true love and courage. Now, this new production of Beauty and the Beast celebrates the romance, adventure, and magic of the live-action film, weaving in the charm and nostalgia of the award-winning animated feature. Now, Beauty and the Beast is going to bring the timeless fail to life in never before seen ways. Now it's going to feature a style of theater that interlaces a classic storytelling elements with cutting edge technology to create unique theatrical experiences in the 1340 seat Walt Disney Theater. Now this is going to be a complete reimagining so you're not going to see the Beast dressed up there in his standard Beast costume much like you see at the Hollywood Studios. You're going to see it on stage in entirely different ways. Now, they are going to have all new orchestra, new songs to go along with this, and as well as unveiling the magic with enchanting objects. Now, blurring the line between costuming and puppetry, the costume designer Sarah Cubbage, who's also done Skylight, is the puppet designer that's joining forces to give life to the enchanted objects of Beauty and the Beast. Now, beloved characters like Lumiere, Mrs. Potts, Cogworth, and many others are going to be shown in an entirely different way. Now, they're not releasing just how that's going to be, but I can only imagine that it's going to be very, very different. Now, this is kicking off in time for November on the Disney Dream and the Disney Cruise Lines, so you can book yours, check it out, and of course, Beauty and the Beast, the new live-action adaptation, is getting released on March 17th. Now, moving aside from there, let's get into safety recalls. Now, you're like, hey, is this deja vu? He just gave us a safety recall last week. Well, there is another safety recall from Feld Entertainment as they're recalling toy wands due to injury hazards. Now, they're sold exclusively at Disney on Ice shows and Disney Live shows. Now, the name of the product is the Light Spinner Toy Wands, and the hazard is coming as the top component can detach and expose an 8-inch metal rod, posing as an injury to hazards to young children. Now, the remedy for this is, of course a refund and if you want to get a refund for this if you did attend any of the disney on ice shows or more all you have to do is go to feldentertainment.com for more information or you can email them recall at feldinc.com that's f-e-l-d 
www.ifinc.com or you can call them at 800-755-1530. Now, moving forward here, let's get into comic books and comic book art, and how about an all-new museum exhibition to feature the original works of a renowned comic book artist, Alex Ross. Yes, Superheroes and Superstars, the works of Alex Ross, is an all-new exhibition featuring the work of one of the world's greatest comic book artists. And it's going to be on view at the Museum of the Shenandoah Valley from February 11th all the way through May 14th of 2017. Now this is going to be the first venue to host this traveling exhibition and it has been organized by the Norman Rockwell Museum in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Now according to Superheroes and Superstars creator Jesse Kowalski, Alex Ross has revitalized classic superheroes into works of fine art with his unique painted photorealistic style. Now, as they have officially released, we are thrilled to be the first venue to present Superheroes and Superstars, notes the executive director, Dana Hand Evans, who adds that the museum jumped at the chance of bringing this exhibition to the region. Alex Ross is one of the premier illustrators of our time, and his works are going to illustrate and inspire many artists to come. Now, Superheroes and Superstars includes more than 100 original works created by Alex Ross, all on public display for the very first time. Now, most of the works in the exhibition are on loan from Ross's personal collection. Now, the new exhibition features Alex Ross's well-known images of superheroes, villains, and his recent paintings of popular culture icons, such as the Beatles and Monty Python. Now, this is a combination of paintings, sketches, and models that he has created many of these throughout his entire life. Now, if you want to find out more about this, including the rare signing event that is taking place on April 1st from 12.30 to 3.30 p.m., all you have to do is check out www.themsv.org. And if you want to check it out, admission is a great cost. It's only 10 bucks if you're an adult. Super cheap, super easy, great way to just really check out this great superhero comic book art. Now, moving right along here, one of the things that everybody is talking about, of course, is cable cars at the Walt Disney World Resort. Now, so far, rumor has it that anyone who's waited for bus transportation at the Walt Disney World Resort knows it gets tiring, it gets exhausting, and there's only so many monorail space to go, and monorails are pretty pricey things. Now, according to the Orlando Sentinel, plans have been filed with the South Florida Water Management District suggesting that Disney is laying the groundwork for an extensive system of overhead cable cars. Now, reports indicate that the cable cars would transport guests between Disney's Hollywood Studios, the Art of Animation Resort, and the Caribbean Beach Resort, as well as Epcot. Now, while Disney does a great job of getting guests from one place to the other, this would be a great way to just lift people up, check out the views from above, and take many of those vehicles off of the roadways from all the buses and all the accidents that do tend to happen around Disney Springs. And come on, let's face it, we're not going to see any monorail expansion. As much as we want one, it's not going to happen. What are your thoughts about this? And I know that it's already been publicized all over the Disney boards, so everybody has talked about it everywhere. But I'd love to know what your thoughts are. Drop us a line. Let us know. Are you excited to have some gondolas taking you from Caribbean Beach to Epcot, maybe the Hollywood Studios? I think it would be pretty fun to look down at all the different Disney resorts while you're waiting to get to your location. Now, getting to the Disney Channel here, let's talk about Tangled, and everybody loves Tangled Ever After, and of course, the new series that is, it's not even debuted yet, really. This new series hasn't even kicked off yet, but Tangled has officially gotten a second season. Yes, you heard me right. They are officially giving Tangled a second season. Now, I, I can't even speak more about this. Disney just said that so far, the testing reviews have been so high 
that they've already ordered a new batch of episodes for season two before season one has even hit the screens. So if you love Tangled, you love Rapunzel, get ready, because there's going to be two seasons of her that are already guaranteed for the Disney Channel. Now, all of you D-heads, I did have some other things I was going to talk about, about like Disney's Rivers of Light opening on Friday after long, long delays, as well as Walt Disney World releasing its coveted recipe for Chewbacca cupcakes, and let's not forget American Girl Dolls and Radio Disney Music Awards. But my voice is feeling a little hoarse here. I'm getting ready for Joaquin Garay III to be stopping in here, so... I'm just going to release the reins to the D-team here this week. Sorry, all of you D-heads. Normally, I'd give you a lot more news, but I'm going to release the reins to the D-team because you have questions, he has the answers. Aaron is going to answer all your questions, and I want to know. We have Paige with the Magical Music Review. Dominic's back with Disney's Short Leash. We have Cody with the Hollywood Walk, as well as Jason going deep into the vault with another Blu-ray. You have to add your collection. And let's not forget Caitlin with WDW and 2, a quick rundown of what's going on at the Walt Disney World Resort. So with all of that coming from the D-Team, as well as Joaquin Garay III stopping in here to talk about Herbie Goes Bananas, being part with that lovable love bug that we all love, and so much more, I'm going to just let you know that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Mickey's Travel. And Mickey's Travel is 100% free, no-fee agency. They're going to help you plan, book, and prepare and make it the most magical vacation that you could possibly have. From dining reservations and so much more, Definitely check them out, mickeystravel.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So let's officially release the reins to the D-Team here and press on for show number 165 for the week of February 16th, 2017. And because this weekend is my son's seventh birthday, yes, he is turning the big seven, I do have to play a birthday song just for him as he's listening this week. So all of you D-Heads, take it away team, and when I'm back, I'm going to be going bananas, thinking about Herbie, and chatting with Joaquin Gray. Be right back, all VD heads. Thank you. 
but you're extra special, so have a great day. Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Write down that piece. Deep within these woods lies a mysterious spring whose secret will change one family's life for all time. Disney Pictures proudly presents Alexis Bledel, Academy Award winner Ben Kingsley, Academy Award winner Sissy Spacek, Jonathan Jackson, and Academy Award winner William Hurt. One of the most beloved American novels becomes an epic motion picture about the choices we make and the lives we touch along the way. Don't be afraid of death, Winnie. Be afraid of the unlived life. Tuck Everlasting. Hey, everybody, this is Jess Harnell, the voice of Wacko on Animaniacs, and Technical Sophia the Pest, and of course, Chili on Doc McStuffins. And you are listening to Disney on Demand. You know why? Because you're smart. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, Diaz, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Well, spring has sprung here in Arkansas. It was 80 degrees the other day. I hope winter's being equally kind to you in your neck of the woods. Well, as usual, you guys have been busy sending in emails, and the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Robert James of Minnesota, and he writes, Disney On Demand? I have a question about the Power Rangers. My friend says they were at MGM Studios at one time. I say they are only Nickelodeon. Who is right? I can't seem to find anything to prove either of us right. Well, I hate to burst your bubble, but I'm afraid your friend is correct. At Disney MGM Studios, Disney imported characters 
that were not part of its own library of films and television shows. Some of these characters have included the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ace Ventura Pet Detective, and characters from the Goosebumps series by author R.L. Stein. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers made appearances in the park during the first seasons of the television series, but then vanished. Disney had ownership of the Power Rangers franchise through its purchase of Sabin Entertainment until May 2010 when Sabin purchased the franchise back and were regular members of the park's cast of characters during that time. August 7, 2010 was their last appearance. You can watch some videos of the Power Rangers at Disney MGM Studios on YouTube. Our next question is from Darren Yelnick of New Jersey, and he writes, Aaron, question about the Herbie films. I know there are three or four originals and the remake with Lindsay Lohan, but I also was told there was one that was a TV series, and also one with the chin himself, Bruce Campbell, enlightened. Well, I love Herbie. He's always been one of my favorite Disney characters. There were four original Herbie movies. The Love Bug in 1968. Herbie Rides Again in 1974. Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo in 1977. And Herbie Goes Bananas in 1980. As far as the TV show, it was called Herbie the Love Bug. And it aired on CBS from March 17th to April 14th. 1982. The show's theme song, Herbie My Best Friend, was performed by its star, Dean Jones. The series was cancelled after five episodes, and for the next 15 years would mark Herbie's last new appearance in either television or film until his return in the 1997 film, The Love Bug. The Love Bug is a 1997 made-for-television comedy adventure film and a sequel remake of the 1968 film of the same name, produced by Walt Disney Television, which premiered on ABC as part of The Wonderful World of Disney on November 30, 1997. The remake starred Bruce Campbell and included a cameo appearance by Dean Jones, tying it to the previous films, and introduced an evil black Volkswagen named Horace the Hate Bug giving the film a much darker tone than the other Herbie films. The film is part remake and part sequel, in that the events of the original 1968 films are repeated, while the storyline plots to follow the 1980s Herbie Goes Bananas. It can also be called, though a prototype of Herbie Fully Loaded with Lindsay Lohan, in that both show a later racer finding Herbie in a junkyard and restoring him. This 1997 incarnation of the Lovebug is the only film in the Herbie franchise not available on DVD, but is available on VHS. Well, our final question is from Carla of Michigan, and she writes, Great podcast, Aaron. Thoughts on Tuck Everlasting. It was a great Disney movie and love story. Was it a book other than the movie adaptation version? And was there a soundtrack to the film? Your thoughts on the movie. Tuck Everlasting was released in 2002 by Disney. 
Tuck Everlasting is the story of a girl named Winnie and a family whom she meets, the Tucks. The Tucks have a secret. They're immortal. They drank water from a spring that was actually a fountain of youth. Winnie falls in love with Jesse Tuck, a 17-year-old boy who shares the same feelings for her. Scared of death, Winnie must choose between immortal and being with Jesse, or following the circle of life and dying someday. The, the Tucks try to teach her how she shouldn't fear death, how they would give anything to die. It teaches the importance and understanding of life and death. It shows that you should not fear death, but to fear an unlived life. The movie is based on a children's book of the same title by Natalie Babbitt that was published in 1975. There was also another movie of the same title released in 1981. It's been quite a while since I've seen this movie, but I do love the storyline. I'm always fascinated with the notion of just because you can never die doesn't mean that you're actually living. Well, there was a soundtrack with the movie. It was released on October 11th, 2002, and it's available available for purchase on Amazon on CD. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. A tasty way to round out this nutritious breakfast. When you want Cheerios, a great taste of Cheerios. Cheerios, just Cheeriodal. Cheerios salutes Disney Studios' new movie with the Herbie Goes Bananas sweepstakes. Many thousands will enter. One family will win a trip for four to Mexico's beautiful Puerto Vallarta, where the movie was filmed. No purchase necessary. Details on specially marked Cheerios boxes. Hi there, it's Caitlin here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. Well, as Valentine's Day comes and goes, we all know what's just around the corner at Walt Disney World. The Epcot Flower and Garden Festival will run March 1st through May 29th this year, and there's really nothing like it. The menus have been posted, and I've noticed a few dishes in particular that I can't wait to try, like the seared scallops with French green beans and butter potatoes, brown butter vinaigrette and applewood smoked bacon at Northern Bloom, 
spicy beef and lamb with sautéed onions and peppers that tasted Marrakesh, and sugarcane shrimp skewer with steamed rice and coconut lime sauce at La Isla Fresca. The new flower and garden merchandise designs are particularly cute this year too, and as always, they'll adorn t-shirts, flower pots, pins, Dooney and Burke bags, and more. And be sure to pick up a Beauty and the Beast Flower and Garden Festival limited edition pin to celebrate the live-action movie premiere. Rivers of Light, the highly anticipated nighttime spectacular at Animal Kingdom, is officially premiering on the 17th of February. It's been a long time coming, but I'm excited to say I've heard great things. One of my best friends is a cast member, and she just recently saw a preview of the show and said it was really beautiful. I can't wait to see it myself. It's available to fast pass, but you can also wait for a standby seat. You'll have a much better view if you see the show from the amphitheater seating than if you try to just watch it from outside the theater itself. If you dream of having a Disney fairy tale wedding someday, or just love a good love story, Freeform has just a special for you. A 90-minute special taking you behind the scenes of Disney's fairy tale weddings and honeymoons will premiere sometime this spring. When we know more about the premiere date itself, we'll be sure to share it here. Thanks for listening, and until next time, don't forget, you can fly.
and welcome to another edition of Disney's Short Leash. If you're new to the segment, a short leash isn't something a celebutante uses to keep their chihuahua attached to their purse. No, the short leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacation when they are short on time or short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. This week's tip is something that I'd like to call the spoiler. When traveling to Walt Disney World, nothing can derail your trip faster than a child meltdown. There are many reasons for a child's descent into misery. Maybe it's hunger, maybe it's fatigue, or let's be honest, maybe they're just annoying brats. But if your child descends into a tantrum, you're going home early and you can't afford that on a short lease trip. It wasn't until I was a father and brought my own children to the parks when I realized another reason for the child meltdown. Walt Disney World can be a very scary place for little ones. They're in an unknown place surrounded by strangers. Dark rides are by definition dark. On the Haunted Mansion, my child was holographically decapitated and his head placed on the body of his neighbor. Two seconds later, the creepiest doll in the world is telling him to hurry back. Hurry back? I don't think so. Over at Splash Mountain, vultures will laugh at you before a log flume plunges you to your doom. At It's a Tough to Be a Bug, a psychopathic cricket will try to poison and drop spiders on your children. And you probably went there after riding Dinosaur when a Carnosaur tried to eat them. And if the name of the ride wasn't clue enough, at the Tower of Terror, a reanimated black and white TV host will drop them down an elevator shaft after electrocuting a family. That's okay, because over at Phantasmic, a pyrotechnic dragon, a psychedelic snake, and the entire movie Rogue's Gallery of Villains try to eat Mickey Mouse. And let us not forget the psychological torture that is It's a Small World. But seriously, kids see things in different ways. After writing The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, I asked my two youngest if they had enjoyed it. Both had the same answer. They didn't like the part where Pooh had died. Now, I've been on the ride many times, and I don't remember Pooh having a death scene. With a little coaxing, I realized the scene where Pooh falls asleep slumped over and a projection of him flies away into a dream sequence to them look like he had died and turned into a ghost. This scene isn't even played for a scare, yet it was still disturbing to them. This of course isn't as disturbing as the four, count them four scenes directed solely at Br'er Bear's butt on Splash Mountain, but disturbing nonetheless. So imagine an attraction that actually has built-in scares on purpose, or the fact that some rides are dark, or some rides are noisy. You can kind of see how a little one can get overwhelmed. What I typically observe is a kid gets scared and then they don't trust the next attraction, so they melt down in line screaming about not wanting to go on whatever's next. The parents who spent some big money want to ride the attraction far more than the children did in the first place, so they're trying to salvage the situation. You know, the parents had told the people back home that they were taking this trip for their children, but you know, who are they kidding? So they're going to try to take their child, who's now in a full terrified tantrum, on the attraction anyway. This of course is fun for no one within a 20 foot radius, and if this is a short leash vacation, you're pretty much done. Fear not, I have a solution, and this is where the spoiler comes in. I discovered the spoiler in the days of dial-up internet. 
Pre-YouTube, the Disney World website used to have small video clips or 360-degree-ish images of every attraction. I would watch these ride videos with my three-year-old daughter until someone called the house and knocked the computer off the internet, ruining 30 minutes of buffering. But the nice thing is she knew what to expect. She had kind of virtually already ridden the rides. We talked about what was real, what was not, where the scary parts were, and how she was always going to be safe, and how there's probably going to be a happy payoff at the end. I was a little afraid that I might ruin the surprise and we were showing her too much. But in fact, it was an enthusiasm generator. She was excited about the trip as we started getting closer and closer to the date we were going to leave, and she was finally going to see the thing on the computer for real, and she couldn't wait and was unafraid. It wasn't foolproof. She would cover her ears when she heard overhead narration. We found out she wasn't a fan of disembodied voices. And I have to admit that nothing could have prepared a three-year-old to be dropped from a tower, but I blame that one on bad parenting. But for the most part over the years, watching copious amounts of point-of-view Disney ride videos on YouTube has acted as a demystifier and a fear abater. Even if it was an attraction that ended up becoming too intense. We never had a line meltdown, they always tried the ride because they had an idea of what to expect and knew that they were safe. I have to say that this strategy has worked for everything except for the Frozen sing-along. That thing is terrifying no matter what you do. So parents, sit with your kids, get on YouTube and spoil away. You'll have some Disney family fun time and your vacation may just go smoother. Not having to deal with a terrified child meltdown while you're pressed for park time, that's short leash, people. I hope you enjoyed the tip. I have a new Diz Radio email address. It's Dominic, D-O-M-E-N-I-C, at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. I would love to hear it if you have your own how to prevent your child from melting down tip, share your own strategies for a short lease trip, or maybe just say hi. At the beginning of the segment, I always start with, if you're new to the segment, a short leash isn't, and I'm running out of ideas for what to put in the next sentence. So if you have one, drop it by that email, and maybe you'll make the intro. That's it for this week. Thanks again for listening. How does she know? How does she know she's yours? How does she know that you love her? How do you show her you love her? How does she know that you really, really, truly love her? How does she know that you love her? How do you show her you love her? How does she know that you really, really, truly love her? It's not enough to take the one you love for granted. You must remind her or she'll be inclined to say, How do I know?
this is Nate Torrance from Star vs. the Force of Evil and Zootopia, and you are listening to Disney On Demand. To a bird. And their dealings with. Dressed envelope to. Davis and Kurt. Write down that. Captain Shaw's man, wasn't he? What are they going to do with you? They will send me back where I live, with the orphans. But it's okay. They put me back. I run away again. Can we be friends? What's your name? Okay? I just call you Ocho, okay? Places, everybody. This is a tape. What is that? And one, two, two. Let's start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk. Hey everyone, Cody here, getting ready to bring you this week's segment of the Hollywood Walk, where we get to know this week's special guest just a little bit better. This week, you've heard, we've got Joaquin Garay III here, and it is an extreme honor to have him on. You know, I remember as a kid, growing up with Disney, not only did I get to watch all the animated classics, but you also get to start watching the live features, the live classicals like uh, Blackbeard's Ghost, Mary Poppins, That Darn Cat, Horse in the Gray Flannel Suit, on and on and on and we go. And then came a movie called The Love Bug, which everyone fell in love with. It had everything. It had fun. It had a car with a wonderful and friendly personality. And it was just one of those movies that you just couldn't help but enjoy and you wanted more and more and more. And in 1980, you got more with Herbie Goes Bananas, which is what this week's special guest, Joaquin Garay III, is from. He's one of very few native Southern Californian actors who got to start at the age of four. And he, like many others, was born into entertainment as his dad, Joaquin Garay, was also well known more as an entertainer and radio personality in the 1930s and 40s. But he was best known for his voice of everyone's favorite caballero, Panchito. I remember when I first saw the three caballeros the first time I was at my grandparents' house and <laughs> It's such a fun movie and very, very educational. There are some things that uh, I actually learned about Mexico from that movie alone. Like, uh, the history of Mexico is in her flag. That still sticks with me to this day. But also, did you know, D-Heads, that we also had Carlos Alasarque on this show as well. That's right. And who is he, might you ask? Well, he is the current voice of Panchito. So once you have a minute, 
after you're done with this week, why don't you scroll on over to the archives at DizRadio.com and check out Carlos's show that we had previously. But this week's special guest has done it all, from gulping down Happy Meals for McDonald's commercials to following in his father's legacy. He's appeared in over 100 commercials throughout his career. Some years back, he's also performed on the stages doing comedy, hitting Southern California in such stages as the Groundlings, Improv Olympics, and the LA Connection. Throughout his career, he has written and performed many sketch comedy shows in LA, which eventually led him to writing and performing role on SIT TV, SITV, or it's now called Nuvo. To round out his career, he made his way to theater and nabbed lead roles in productions such as Neil Simmons' The Odd Couple and multiple runs of Ray Bradbury's The Wonderful Ice Cream Suit, which he was lucky enough to work directly with Ray Bradbury before he passed away. He's still working throughout his career. He may pop up now and then on TV shows and films, whether he's writing, directing, or producing, or more recently he's teaching, he can always be found doing what he loves to do. And also being a part of Herbie Goes Bananas, he's also been a part of The Captive, The Longest Drive 2 in 1976, made an appearance on Police Story in 1973, also was part of Galactica for an episode, the 1980 TV series, the TV series in 1981 called Code Red, where he made a couple appearances on, Strangers Online in 2009, he made an appearance on the TV series Rob for an episode, in the 2012 TV series on Static, he was the series regular for three episodes from 2012 to 2013. And alongside his many TV accomplishments, he's also been a part of many shorts throughout his career as well. So as you can see, this week's special guest has got not only a lot in his past, but he's got a lot in the future and a lot probably coming up that we're going to be seeing him, as mentioned, either in front of the screen or possibly working behind it. It'll be very interesting to see where he keeps going. And it is also wonderful to see that he followed in his father's footsteps and joined the entertainment business. He's very talented and gifted at it. It's an extreme pleasure to have him on the show here with us. And he'll be joining Jonathan right after this. And before I leave you D-heads for this week, I just want to wish everyone a very happy Valentine's Day. I hope everyone had a very special day with your significant others. And I just wanted to say happy Valentine's Day to you all. We love you all here at Diz Radio. And I will see you next week, D-heads. Don't forget, you can always email me at Cody at Diz Radio. That's C-O dy at disradio.com and get ready Joaquin Garay the third is coming up with Jonathan right after this have a great one D heads you belong to my heart now and forever in our love it not long ago While a million guitars play our love song When I said I love you Every beat of my heart said it too Toss a moment like this
Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, with Valentine's Day shortly in the wing, everybody has that love bug per se. And with us here this week is somebody that's no stranger to any of that. You know him from Herbie Goes Bananas and many other things. We have none other than Joaquin Garay here. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Jonathan. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, come on, with with Valentine's Day in the wings, Herbie, the love bug, everybody loves it. I guess before we get started down that road, I love to always ask everybody this, is since it was early on for you being a child actor, what led you into that role of being an actor? Oh, my gosh. Well, it's easy. To, it's an easy answer, and I'll tell you. Um, my father, I'm second-generation actor. I have a daughter. Her name's Carmina. Uh, she's also an actor, so she's third generation. But my father, um, I don't know if you knew this, but was the voice of Panchito in The Three Caballeros. Uh, it's a Walt Disney cartoon, came out around 1945. And uh, my dad was uh, in vaudeville. He was a singer, a comedian, and he was my idol. I mean, growing up with my father, uh, I just had to be just like him and follow in his footsteps, and that's that's why I became an actor. <laughs> Well, it makes it very simple. Like you said, it just continues to get passed down. And, you know, with all of our Disney fans out there, like you said, you know, being the voice of Panchito, that continues to be a huge character. Even today, you know, that character continues to live on even in the Disney company. And that has to feel great. You know, you looking back, knowing that my father's the one that helped originate that character and bring him to life. Yes, it is. It is amazing that even today it is so popular, but uh, it really touches my heart because, unfortunately, I lost my father in 1990. Um, he passed away, but he really lives on, um, you know, in the films and in the Caballeros. And it's great to go to Disneyland and take my daughter and actually see Panchito in the parades, uh, having his own area at California Adventure. Um, pretty amazing. And, again, like I said, it just, it just touches my heart and makes me feel so great that my dad's um, character lives on today. Definitely. You know, and of course, you have your own Disney legacy. And, you know, like I said, everybody loves Herbie the Love Bug. And, of course, you played, you know, everybody loves, you know, your role. You played Paco in Herbie Goes Bananas. And that was, you know, fantastic, you know, a great, I guess, addition to the Herbie franchise. How did you land that role? And what was it like being part of this film franchise with this lovable car that is so iconic? Well... Um, I did start acting in 1973. Uh, these auditions happened around 78. So by then, I mean, I had been doing it a long time. Um, so really, for me, it was just another audition. Uh, I was very excited that it was Disney, especially my father, uh, having worked for Disney before. Um, but I, too, was a fan of the Love Bug movies. By then, um, you know, the Love Bug, uh, Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo, Herbie Rides Again had been out. Uh, so I was a big fan and very excited. A lot of kids auditioned for it, a lot of boys, um, you know, maybe five, six hundred or more. Uh, but at the end, it was just myself and a, and a young man named David Yanis, who were the last two who did a screen test. Um, and the great lucky thing was that I, I booked it. 
<laughs> well, being the fan of these films as well, you know, working on set, um, you know, of course, you know, one of the few kids in the film, because that film is, of course, full of many adults and whatnot. I guess, what was it like interacting? Because, you know, your role had this personal connection with Herbie. Now, being on set, did it feel like that car was just as alive, you know, shooting those scenes? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, for me, uh, what I uh, did for the auditions and really when I was filming the movie, um, kind of made it seem like I was speaking to my dog. Um, I have, I had, at that time I had a collie. His name was Duke. And I kind of imagined Herbie in that way where, uh, I could speak to him and I really imagined that he was alive. And for me, he really was. Um, I found myself <laughs> between, uh, shots actually talking to Herbie <laughs> all by myself, which is, I don't know if it's strange, but, it was just my method, um, and, um, you know, I guess I fell in love with him just like everybody else. Like I said, it is one of those things where you do fall in love with him just like everybody does, and he continues to be iconic and, you know, so many different roles. Now, working on the set, um, you know, being part of this and being part of this film, uh, were there any hijinks or any kind of fun? You know, I know you were, you know, pretty young at the time, but was it just a fun set to be on? You know what? It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, of course, there's always the pressures of, of uh you know knowing your lines and hitting your marks but mostly especially working with harvey carman who again was one of my idols from the carol burnett show uh blazing saddles you know the list goes on and on uh but he was an amazing person very very much a father figure but also um a great comedian and i learned a lot from harvey carman but you know charlie martin smith from american graffiti cloris leachman of course um all of us really had a good time, and it was a very lighthearted set. You know, there was times when we had to get to work and uh, do our job properly, but a lot of hijinks, you're right. Um, it was a lot of fun. Well, you know, and being part of this, too, you know, like I said, it does get passed on to generations, and everybody loves to watch it. I show it to my children. You know, everybody loves it. Do you ever look back at this film and rewatch it yourself or show it to your kids? And, you know, it kind of takes you back to, as like a photo album to this place in time that you kind of recall, you know, that specific day or, oh, I remember shooting that scene. Or do you just get lost in the film? Yeah, you know, um, it's funny. Uh, first of all, it's really nice that people still today uh, like that film because this is, remember, before CGI and all the special effects, in those days they were all mechanical. You know, we must have had 27 Herbies and each one did something different. A door opened, a hood opened, uh, the lights turned. But um, there's still that magic that uh, even today grabs kids' attention. And, of course, my daughter and I watch it all the time. And, um, you know, she loves seeing me as a little boy. And, yeah, you're right. I do see certain scenes and, and certain days and really look back and remember how fun it was and and what happened that day. You know, it's, it's true. Well, you know, and looking back at these practical effects, it's much like you said. It's something where, you know, kids really do enjoy it today. And I think that really is a testament to using practical effects because it was more realistic. You were reacting to specific things, you know, like when you're sitting in that jail cell and Herbie's wheeling up to you, you know, there's a little bit of interaction there that's more realistic, has more of a heartwarming moment than if it was just a CGI'd car rolling up to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, funny thing is, uh, in that scene, uh, we're supposed to be in the belly of that uh, the cruise ship, but that was actually on uh, location, well, not location, but at the Disney Studios in Burbank in a soundstage. So you can see there how that's, again, Disney magic. But, um, 
yeah, I mean, really, I was surprised how how they actually worked these 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 uh these special effects, and I learned a lot. But again, it was just before really the turning of going mechanical to to, to CGI. Um, but again, like I said, it really I love that still today children can appreciate it without you know taking it apart and saying, well, wait a minute, that's not real, but it is real because. Herbie is alive, you know, and us is really the way I felt. Well, definitely, you know, and, you know, going back to these films, too, people really did love it, and they were clamoring for a new, you know, a new Herbie film and whatnot. Now, when you actually, you know, during that time, and you got a chance to go see it on the big screen at that time, did you get noticed out and about by everybody right away during that filming? Uh, you know, pretty much, when it was out in theaters, was everyone like, oh, it's Paco, and did you kind of get uh, get mobbed a little bit? Yeah, um... Yeah, I did. I mean, I didn't do it on purpose, but I, you know, I made my father take me to to see the movie in an actual theater, and I have a little brother who is seven years younger than me, and uh, he actually went with us uh, to shoot in Mexico. My mother, my father, and my brother went, uh, but we'd go see the movies, and I, yeah, I would get recognized and get recognized at Disneyland, and uh, I was in a couple of parades at Disneyland. Um, you know, it's always fun, but again, I, I had worked so much by then that. Uh, you know, it's part of the deal, but um, it is fun, especially as a child, to for somebody to recognize you for your work, um, because it is about the work for me. I've I've been an actor so long that, uh, and it's in blood. Well, definitely, you know, and, and well, I, I guess in being part of a film like this, too, you know, because it is constantly being re-released on DVD, it's on television, things like that. Um, do you have a Herbie, like, toy or car or collectible somewhere in your house? <laughs> yes, I do. And the funny thing is, is that I've been to a lot of now, now the Herbie conventions, just like Star Trek conventions, except, you know, all Herbie. And I've gotten so many gifts from so many great fans from all over the world, uh, from England to, to Japan to Argentina to Mexico. And yes, there's a lot of Herbies in this house. <laughs> and we do, we do uh, love our Herbie memorabilia. <laughs> well, you know, and because he has such a big love like that, too, you know, working on that film, is there one scene in particular that still stands out to you to the day that you're like, I just I remember that scene so vividly still that it, it just left a mark on you for some reason? Wow. Wow. You know what? It's going to be the opening scene uh, to the film where I first meet um, Stephen Burns and Charlie Martin Smith. Uh, and I steal their wallet, which starts the mayhem, <laughs> the comedy. Um, but uh, I think just that wasn't the first thing we shot. But uh, being in Puerto Vallarta and uh, being on that street, and there's, there were so many people on that street, and just watching it, and, you know, it's funny because when you're an adult and you watch yourself as a child, it's just a weird thing because it's you, but it's not you. You're Paco. Um, but that scene really is what, for me, the way I act in that scene is, is really what Paco is all about, if you watch the movie. Now, you know, with with Disney constantly, uh, you know, rebooting things, there was Herbie Fully Loaded, a couple of other Herbie series in the 80s. Now, if they ever came back and said, all right, we want to get some of the originals here, and now Paco uh, finds his way getting Herbie uh, into his hands, would you be up for that kind of movie to reprise that role? I would certainly be up for it. I would love to do that again. Um, and maybe, you know, somehow involve my daughter, which would be an amazing, uh, you know, finally third-generation Disney. 
but um, I would love to, to do that. I mean, I've thought about it. The fans have clamored for it, but uh, it hasn't happened as of yet. But, you know, you never know, and it would be an honor, a privilege, and so much fun to, uh, you know, bring that character back to life. Well, definitely. You know, and because everybody does love that character and they do love Herbie, I guess what is your absolute favorite, I guess, uh, your favorite aspect of Herbie? What is the one thing that really makes you just really cherish this character other than being part of the franchise? It's a good question. You know, well, I do love Herbie aside from being in the film. And I think that he he incorporates um, the magic it, it, he incorporates he incorporates love. It really, it gives the love bug, but it's not just bringing two people together. It's really he he has a heart of gold. He is he is um, a loving. I mean, it's, he's a, he is an automobile, but he is a loving, alive um, character that encompasses so much. And like I said, to me, he really felt like he was. He was, you know, man's best friend, you know, my best friend. And that's what comes across for me, you know. And also, I love his temperament. Like I said, he's kind of like a little, you know, a little ravenous terrier, you know. When he gets upset, he goes after you, and, and he wants to win. And he really loves you. And, he's, you know, in my film, he comes after me and tries to help me and tries to save me. So... That's kind of how I feel about Herbie. Well, you know, we, we know you're busy, of course, and there's so many different things in the wings. Um, you know, but taking this trip down memory lane with us, and for all the fans of Herbie, all the franchise, and of course, Herbie Goes Bananas, and, you know, you being Paco, and the legacy with your father and Panchito, I guess, uh, is there any final words you'd like to leave out there for all of our listeners listening in, fans of the films, fans of your father, and uh, anyone out there? Yeah. Um, I'd like to say that I still, to this day... Uh, I'm really touched by all the fans around the world. Um, I'm really touched that, that they still enjoy the film. The children are still watching my films. Um, of course, I miss my father dearly, but uh, his legacy lives on. I'll live on when I'm gone in Herbie. And, um, you know, I hope someday maybe uh, be able to say that my daughter Carmina is a third-generation Disney actor. and. Um, Again, the love that I have for Herbie is the love that I have for my fans, and it's really an honor to have played Paco and to have been part of uh, of Disney. Well, it was our pleasure having you stop in, chat with us, take this moment to go down memory lane. Fantastic film. I still love it. You know, I was comparable in age of you at the time, so, you know, to me, I could totally relate to the film. So thanks once again for stopping in, chatting with us, and, you know, adding the memories for all of our listeners out there that pass it on to their children like I pass it on to mine. So thanks, Joaquin, once again for stopping in. Of course. Thank you very much for having me. Sunday, Kirby, everybody's favorite love bug, rides south of the border. Harvey Corman and Cloris Leachman in Walt Disney's Kirby Goes Bananas. Friday, Larry and Balky are running for their lives. Faster, faster! Perhaps you'd like to get off and wait for the next meet Watch Perfect Strangers this Friday. Now, here they come. Those little sun bonnets from the Sunshine State. Bunny, Bubbles, and Beulah. Every time I meet a guy who gets me shook, all I ever get from him is a dirty look. It's the same way everywhere I found. All 
to work for me. Nothing ever seems to work for me. Do 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 bum bum. Oh, my siestas are getting shorter and shorter. EC-82 Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down here to the vault, where it's always crazy and love down here. Hey, did I just see Beyonce walk by? Anyway, welcome back down. It is love week, or at least post-love week here on Disney On Demand. And can you feel the love tonight, or tomorrow, or maybe next week? But in any case, any way you can get some love, maybe you need to be bitten by the love bug. That's right, Herbie the love bug is one of those characters that doesn't get the top billing, except for in his movies. He wasn't even billed in Light's Motor Action when it was at the studios. On a side note, Paris's version is much better than the Americanized version. In any case, we are glad to welcome Yakin Garay III, upstairs in the DoD studios tonight. And as the mischievous Paco in this over-the-top, over-the-border comedy, I am pleased to bring out the 1980 road trip that's gone awry, Herbie Goes Bananas. Pete and DJ are in for the ride of their life as they take Herbie, the prize-winning Volkswagen, to Puerto Vallarta to do what he does best, other than cause a commotion, but run in the Brazilian Grand Primo. While making sure that his axle's straight and everything's ready to go, our two speed racers bump into a little pickpocket named Paco, who's done his fair share of the dirty deed down south. Not only has he picked the pockets of Pete and DJ, but also the wallet of a mobster, along with his counterparts. Where a lost piece of leather may not seem a lot, but when it comes to mobsters and the treasures they hold in their wallets, it becomes a bit of a deal. It seems that in that wallet happens to be a piece of film that has the location of a lost Incan city rumored to be filled with gold. Now, if it were up to me and it was all stuffed in my wallet, don't you think you should get something bigger than a wallet? Maybe like a briefcase or something important to hold it in? So while our friends and the mob attempt to get their property back, wallets happen to be switched and DJ and Pete have the map, which could lead them to the road to El Dorado. Hey, wait, isn't that another movie from another company from Sir Elton John? Hmm. And in order to protect Paco from everyone, Herbie takes him in, just like a stray pet. In no time, they're on a boat to Brazil, captained by Captain Blythe, played by the comedic genius Harvey Corman. Because Herbie is who he is and always causes a bit of trouble, he's tossed overboard, but fear not. Our little friend makes it through the Panama Canal, determined to keep Paco safe, as well as making sure they make it to the race on time and everyone is safe and sound. What I've just peeled back is just a sampling of what the joy and fun that Herbie Goes Bananas can give you. One other comedic icon that does make her appearance in this film is the 
incomparable Chorus Leachman. So you can only imagine, by teaming Harvey Korman and Chorus Leachman in this film, it is pure slapstick. And indeed, that's what it is. From Herbie walking the plank to Herbie actually being a matador in a bullring, you can guess that most of these sleight-of-hand kind of jokes are abound. And it isn't too unfamiliar from any of the previous Herbie films. From squirting oil, to bananas flying everywhere, to just pure comedy, this 1980 classic will have you rolling in the aisles. Of course, you have to throw in a little bit of a love interest and a bit of history. But well-rounded, we get what I would consider an ocho out of 10 in this great film. Now there is a Blu-ray version of this loosely based sequel to Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo, but you need to be a Disney Movie Club member to get this exclusive Blu-ray. Yes, there are a number of DVD versions out there, but depending upon what you'd like, Blu-ray or DVD will all matter on how you get it. That being said, Unfortunately, there are no special features, but I have to say, the conversion from film to the Blu-ray is great. It is sharp, it is clear, you still can tell it is a 1980s film, but all in all, you are going to love this beloved Herbie adventure. So gang, I'm going to place this one under G for golden opportunity, and we will see you again next week for another new blue for you to view down here in the vault. So until then, gang, remember the magic of Disney movies is always an evening in the back of a Volkswagen, but always deep inside of you. This car is just your ordinary, rather stupid looking little Look out, the love bug is coming your way. Herbie is back. Hi, Herbie. In his own video collection of four of the funniest movies ever made. Oh, Herbie, behave yourself. It's Walt Disney's film classics, The Love Bug Collection. He's the little foreign car that could and did in some of the greatest Disney movies ever created, like The Love Bug and Herbie Rides Again. And two of the movies, Herbie Goes Bananas and Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo, are available to own for the first time on video. So your family can now collect all four Love Bug films. Nice going, Herbie. Put yourself in the driver's seat and let the good times roll with Walt Disney's film classics, The Love Bug Collection. Hi, this is Steve Gutenberg, and I've enjoyed working with Disney on Three Men and a Baby, Tower of Terror, and The Big Green. And you're listening to the Disney radio station. Have a great day. Hey there, D-Heads. Page here with a special Valentine's Day magical music review. Disney has given us a collection of many wonderful love songs throughout the company's history. And I thought it would be great to have a playlist put together and do a clip show like we've done in the past for Halloween. So with that said, I have a lot of songs queued up and ready to go, so let's waste no more time. Let's take a look at some of the love songs we have enjoyed over the years from Disney. 1950 introduced us to Walt Disney's Cinderella. When Cinderella arrives at the ball, she is welcomed by a handsome stranger, who just so happens to be the prince. The two come together in the traditional dance of choice for Disney princesses, the waltz, and the voices of Cinderella and Prince Charming, Eileen Woods and Mike Douglas, sing the classic love song, So This Is Love. Dreamlike in the instrumentation, the orchestra perfectly complements our two leads as they dance their way through the palace and gardens.
this is love. So this is love. So this is what makes life I'm all aglow, and now I know. And now I know. Has wings and I can fly. I'll touch every star sky. So this is the took us to Sherwood Forest where we met Robin Hood and Maid Marian. After the archery tournament, the two sneak away into the forest for a romantic evening. Our Valentine song for the film is simply titled Love. With a very simple instrumentation, the lyrics are sung by Nancy Adams. The song plays through the scene as Robin and Marian walk together through Sherwood Forest. It seems like only yesterday You were just a child at You're all grown up inside of me Oh, how fast those moments flee Once we watched a lazy world go by Now the days seem to fly Life is brief, but when it's gone Love goes on and on. Even our sequels can give us some good music. I Didn't Know That I Could Feel This Way comes from the 2001 Lady and the Tramp 2 Scamp's Adventure. A scamp and angel travel around town together and they start to realize the feelings they had for each other, turning the adventure from a simple walk to a date as they make their way to Tony's for that traditional spaghetti dinner. One of the unique things about this number is it pulls Disney veterans together from a film they both played a role in, but they never sang together for that other movie. Roger Barton and Susan Egan are singing voices for Scamp and Angel, also provided the singing voice for Young Hercules and the voice of Meg, respectively, from the 1997 Hercules. Just might be loving me <laughs> I didn't know that I could feel this way It's so crazy Something in my life Is better than a dream I didn't know <laughs> that I could feel this way Going all the he way back to the beginning like of the full-length animated feature film, 1938's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs brought us several different love songs. One that isn't always remembered is sung by our prince, voiced by Harry Stockwell, in his only speaking role of the film, One Song. On the same track as I'm Wishing, the prince sings to Snow as she retreats to the castle. 
Our princess falls in love with the prince as he serenades her, singing his one song of his one love only for her. Now that I've found you, hear what I have to say. One song, I have but one song, one song. Audiences have known the work of Alan Menken and the love songs he has written. In 2010, audiences would once again be treated to a score for a Disney princess by Mr. Menken in the release of I See the Light from Tangled. Sung by Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi as Rapunzel and Eugene take a boat ride to see the lights, the song quickly found a home among the preceding Disney princess love songs. A ballad with guitar, violins, chimes, woodwinds, and French horn prominently featured, the characters each have a solo section before joining together in song as they recognize their love for each other. Now she's here, shining in the starlight. Now she's here, suddenly I know. If she's here, it's crystal clear. I'm where I'm meant to go. Everyone remembers the great song Sir Elton John brought to the 1994 The Lion King, sung by an amazing cast of characters. But not everyone remembers that he also sang our three main songs from the film. Can You Feel the Love Tonight fits the 90s pop ballad genre right on the nose, full of piano and synthesizers to accompany Elton John. With a different set of lyrics than those in the film, it sets the two songs apart and gives the soundtrack another love song. Up. 
The Sherman Brothers were no strangers to Disney by 1967. The Happiest Millionaire, the last film with personal involvement from Walt, brought with it a full soundtrack by the boys, including Are We Dancing? Sung by John Davidson and Leslie Ann Warren, both in their film debuts, the instrumentation is full of sweeping phrases that pass between the strings and winds, creating the perfect dreamlike melody as Angie and Cordy dance together and fall in love. I reached into the sky and touched a star. Is this feeling something real or will it disappear? I thought you couldn't go wrong with the classic. Along with the release of the 1991 Beauty and the Beast, the film soundtrack was completed with the pop version of the title song, sung by Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson. While keeping the same lyrics as the film version, this Beauty and the Beast stands on its own as a powerful, romantic ballad, tapping off at a slow 72 beats per minute in the key of F major. With a jazzy instrumentation led by drums, the song has become one of the most romantic songs in the Disney Music Library. And here's where I will leave you for this week. Have a wonderful rest of your week, D-Heads. Happy Valentine's Day. And until next time, see ya! Certainize the sun Certainize the sun Rising in the east Till our song is done Song as old as time Beauty and the Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. See? Wow! It's Disney On Demand. Dibs! Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Okay, I'm convinced. And a little disgusted. 
Alright all of you D-heads, so I am back and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Fantastic romp as we kept the love in the air, the hearts flowing, and took that trip down the memory lane with Herbie Goes Bananas with Joaquin Garay III. Thank you Joaquin once again for stopping in, chatting with us, taking that trip down memory lane, and of course reliving all those Herbie memories. And also thank you to your father, Joaquin Garay, for originating Panchito from the Three Caballeros. Thank you Joaquin once again for stopping in, chatting with us, and it truly is adding the magic and memories and our love for Herbie here at the show. I'd also like to thank the D-Team, because without the D-Team, there'd be nothing other than me rambling, so instead you get to listen to all of us ramble. So to extend a very special thank you once again to the D-Team of Aaron, Caitlin, Dominic, Cody, Jason, Paige, all stopping in here this week with their signature segments for all of you D-Heads. And finally, I want to thank you, the D-Heads. After seven years, this show continues to thrive because of you, the D-Heads. You are the reason we continue to bring you the magic and memories of your lifetime of Disney every single week. So thank you, the D-Heads, for making the magic, spreading the love, and helping us bring the show back to you. So, all VD heads, with that said, next week we are having another very special guest here at the show, and it is one that I am excited to talk about and bring to you here at Disney On Demand. But before I give you the hints and let you go here this week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, our Lifetime of Disney player, and so much more. Right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand. Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, all of which are going to help you find our quirky, fun little show. And remember, if you just can't wait, you need the magic in your ears instantly. Yes, we know you're itching. You're waiting to get your hands on the show. It is super easy. Just go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and subscribe right there and get the latest shows as they get released right there for your Android, your iPhone, your tablet, you name it, to listen to and enjoy. And remember, if you can't remember all of this or I'm just talking too fast, you can find all these links and more on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, it was a fantastic romp, lots of great things. Kirby the Love Bug, we went bananas, we had the D-Team, and so much more. And next week, we are going back. We're going to go back in time to somebody that's been part of a variety of different Disney classics. I'm going to leave my hint right there. So until next week, all of you D-Heads, as I always say, you got to slow down, you got to take time, and never neglect family for business. And that holds true every weekend and every week here at the show. So, all of you D-Heads, with that said, I'm going to break out of here, celebrate my son's seventh birthday here this weekend. So, make the magic, make the memories, and have a fantastic weekend. Until next week, all of you D-Heads, thanks for tuning in. Got a whale of a tale to tell you, lads, a whale of a tale or two, about the flapping fish and the girls I've loved on nights like this with the moon above. Whale of a tale, and it's all true, I swear by my tattoo. There was Mermaid Minnie, met her down in Madagascar. She would kiss me any time that I would ask her. Then one evening, her flame of love blew out. Blow me down and pick me up, she swapped me for a trout. Got a whale of a tale to tell you, that's a whale of a tale or two. 
about the flapping fish and the girls I've loved on nights like this with the moon above. A whale of a tail, and it's all true, I swear by my tattoo. There was Typhoon Tessie, met around the coast of Java when we kissed. I bubbled up like molten lava, then she gave me the scare of my young life. Blow me down and pick me up, she was the captain's wife. Got a whale of a tail to tell you lads, a whale of a tail or two. About the flapping fish and the girls I've loved on nights like this with the moon above. A whale of a tail and it's all true, I swear by my tattoo. Then there was Harpoon Hannah, had a look that spelled out danger. My heart quivered when she whispered, I'm there, stranger. Bought her trinkets that sailors can't afford. Sailors can't afford. And when I spent my last red cent, she tossed me overboard. Got a whale of a tail to tell you lads. A whale of a tail or two. Out the flapping fish and the girls have loved her. Nights like this with a moon above. A whale of a tail and it's all true. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.